Welcome to Cybercast. I'm your host, Kate Macri. This special episode looks back at the IT Supply Chain Security Panel during our Infrastructure Foundations of the Future event last week. IT Supply Chain Security, Cybersecurity, and IT Infrastructure Protection are linked so closely that federal agencies need to start thinking about all three as inseparable components of their security strategies. Then there's the growing symbiotic relationship between software and hardware. Because federal agencies increasingly rely on commercial, off-the-shelf software based on open source code, they're open to more cyber vulnerabilities. Daniel Cruz, Associate Director of the National Risk Management Center at CISA, said CISA is working to deploy a series of tools to help federal agencies track vulnerabilities in their software supply chains. At CISA, we're right now working with the National Lab to build a series of tools that can be deployed across government agencies, but also private sector partners in the critical infrastructure community to do a lot of this software supply chain analysis, a lot of the binary analysis of source code to make sure that if there are vulnerabilities, you understand where they are and you it don't have a digital pandemic, so to speak, where if there is a bad kernel of code, you can track it, understand where it is, and then patch that soon and, and, and swiftly. And so all of this reinforces the importance of understanding the size of your attack surface and having a solid vulnerability management plan being in receipt and sharing different indicators of compromise, cybersecurity indicators of compromise. You can understand the criticality of your systems, procure things that are more trusted, and then patch them quickly as is needed. Dan Carroll, cybersecurity practice manager for Dell Federal, said federal agencies need to think about their suppliers' supply chains and be mindful about how their suppliers are vetting their own suppliers all the way down the chain. When people think about technology, they just tend to think about the piece of technology that's standing in front of them, whether it's your cell phone, your computer, or anything like that. And they're like, well, my computer runs Windows 10 and, and my uh, phone runs you know, Android. Not understanding there is layers and layers of software under that, right? Um, to include, like you said, firmware and BIOS and drivers and all these other things. And they come from lots of different sources, right? Um, you know, it, it, system is not made and manufactured just by one company, right? And to include Dell computers, right? We work with Western Digital, we work with Intel, we work with lots of different vendors, which means you have lots of different groups that are involved with developing software that has to come together and get put into a system to be delivered to people. So being able to create trust in all that software and figuring out how you protect against um, uh, insertion of either unintentional or malicious is key because um, we've all read the stories where, hey, a new release of such and such has been done and it now has bricked these phones, it's bricked these systems, whatever they are. So software development lifecycle, when you think of security, and like Daniel said, it's not just malicious actors, it's also consequences of maybe poor code writing and things like that. So having a clean secure development lifecycle around how you develop your software is critical and then on top of that, being able to validate and make sure that the source of that software is accountable. So is that software really coming from where it's saying, or did someone slip me a bad uh, uh, code of BIOS that they actually went and adjusted and have now given to me, right? How do I make sure that the software that is being put into my system is the software that it's supposed to be? 
Carroll said, federal agencies and their private sector suppliers need to practice accountability and prioritize collaboration to achieve maximum supply chain security. Accountability is key. So it's becoming more than just saying, yeah, I'm doing this. It now has to, we have to back that up with something and government and, and uh, even private industry is moving in that direction. When you look at um, developing elements like the CMMC, which is the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification Program that the DOD is implementing. They've asked us for years to validate how we protect CUI data. Um, and we've made attestations to that through DFARS. And now they're saying, well, that's great. We're glad you're saying you're doing all these things. Now we want to establish a third party certifying body so you can actually test and validate what your real maturity model is in those practices. So I think that is, is probably the key to this is collaboration and accountability. CISA has been encouraging federal agencies to adopt a zero-trust approach to cybersecurity, and Cruz said this approach uniquely addresses IT supply chain risk management. Zero-trust at its core is a concept that says recognizing the ubiquity of hardware, software, and services and the interconnectedness of those systems that control both the critical infrastructure and then protect and store a whole host of sensitive business data, other intellectual property, personally identified information, that the default standard for any level of access or permission for someone wanting to do something on a network, gain access to something, to edit something, to share something, that the default standard for that is going to be no, where permission and access and further ability to do something has to be granted to you upon request and through company protocols. And so that may sound relatively rudimentary, but for so long, the exact opposite was true, where the default standard was everyone sort of had access to everything. And then you had to do this, you know, pairing back of starting to compartmentalize who should really have access to what. And so if you're starting from the standard of zero trust, it doesn't mean that you're the people at your organization, you don't trust their intentions, but it means recognizing how just one bad click or one malicious line of code can set up a cascading set of events. It can have enormous damage, not just to your enterprise, but to other organizations, to national security, economic security, public health and safety, that it's imperative on the front end to bake in every layer of protection possible to ensure that God forbid if something bad does happen, it is as localized and easy to recover from as possible. So that's a concept of zero trust and recognizing that software is that the currency as, as Dan said, which really powers everything in the connected digital world. You need to have that zero trust environment on the front end to ensure you don't set yourself up for something truly bad or cascading going forward. According to Carol, all organizations need to think like an IT company in order to adequately address IT supply chain security, cybersecurity, and IT infrastructure protection. Everybody at some capacity in this day and age, whether they like it or not, is an IT company, right? You may do banking and banking's your primary goal and you don't wanna be an IT company, but you still need to protect all of that customer data. You may ship boxes, but guess what? You're right, you have tons of customer data and credit card data that all has to be protected. And there's no more room for this uh, sloppy mess that, that sometimes used to occur as it was to a company's approach to cybersecurity. Because when you look at all of these attacks, 
most of these attacks and these vulnerabilities that are exposed or these leaks, they're not some high end where you, you know, uh, hacking thing where you have these guys in a room doing it's really sloppy stuff. It's posting passwords in clear text. It's like Daniel said, not doing updates to ensure that you've sealed security vulnerability holes that we know are there. Those are where the attacks are occurring in ensuring you have a effective cybersecurity maturity model and framework in place is critical. But thinking like an IT company doesn't mean investing in lots of fancy new technologies and processes like artificial intelligence, machine learning, or DevOps. Mostly, it means going back to the basics like identity and access management, routine scanning for threats, real-time visibility, and patching and doing those basics well. Basics, basics, basics still very much matter. Of course, there's all sorts of work we do around advanced persistent threats and nation state risk. That is very real. Do not want to minimize that for, for one second at all. But underneath that, the basics absolutely still matter. And if you look at the spate of ransomware attacks that we've had across the United States and have had very real impact, schools closing, not able to educate children. You had things out of Europe recently where ransomware actually resulted in the death of a patient at a hospital because those systems were taken offline. So these are real consequences. There's not such a thing as 100% security, but in far too many of these ransomware situations, tragically, decade-old technology and 10-year-old community-endorsed security best practices would often have prevented these. And so sometimes I think we trick ourselves as a community into we need to squint our eyes and hope that in a decade AI will come in and solve this all. And that sort of innovation is great, but don't let innovation be a crush to not do what you need to do today and now. And so basics still very much matter. Cybersecurity, supply chain security, and critical infrastructure protection are really intertwined layers on top of one another. It is almost impossible to look at them as separate disciplines at this point. And I think it's a really good thing that over the last two years, you've had this two and a half years, this proliferation of interest in supply chain risk management. There is no conference or summit like this that does not have a panel or sometimes an entire dedicated track or day around supply chain. That is great. But ultimately when we're talking about supply chain risk management, we're really just talking about the existing principles of cybersecurity and infrastructure security with a third-party trust and assurance lens on it. It is a layer on top of what we have already done. And so I think it's important not to look at this as some nascent new discipline that is sort of treated in a silo, but recognize this is taking the existing community-endorsed partnership practices we have built up around cyber hygiene, around infrastructure resilience, doing those, but recognizing it's not just enough to protect your network now, you now need to recognize who am I doing business with in the process of protecting my network. So it's just a new layer on top of that. This panel conversation is just a snapshot of the broader cybersecurity conversation, which has exploded with new questions and challenges as federal agencies work from home and increasingly rely on basic IT infrastructure to do their jobs. To hear about what's happening in the constantly evolving world of federal cybersecurity, subscribe to CyberCast and stay up to date on the latest cyber trends and insight. I'm your host, Kate Macri, and thank you for listening. CyberCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, 
head to governmentcio.com slash podcasts. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, contact us at sponsor at governmentcio.com. 